It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. What up, what up, what up, everybody? It's your man, Chops, brand new episode of the Complex Sports Podcast. Back at it yet again, like we always do. As always, joined by Zion, Adam, fellas, what a glorious Monday. How are we doing today? How are we feeling? I'm doing great, man. Nick Chubb got uh, Zion, you doing good? I'm doing great, man. Nick Chubb, with that great, that last uh, uh, touchdown, it won me my fantasy week. I'm going to the finals of fantasy. Oh, you are a fraud. The Jesus money Christ. is on the line. <laughs> uh, uh, and he got me a two-point victory, and now I'm going to the finals with a, a, a big cash prize, you know, ahead of us. So that's a great Sunday for me. Um, and, you know, NBA starts this week. Brooklyn Nets oh. return tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. That's all, that's all what we care about, man. It's basketball season. Oh, Zion. You are so, a colossal, colossal fraud. No. I said Congrats the Browns on that, were going to win. Who did I pick last week? <laughs> I see. Here's the thing. Zion played it well because Who he did picked I pick? the Browns. He picked the Browns. Why wouldn't I pick the Browns, bro? It's but the thing McCoy. is, can we, can, can we, and real quick, we have a stacked episode of this show. Big show. From the WWE on Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson on, and Chad and Adam got into it. It's we, <laughs> talking about wide receivers. <laughs> Chad got animated. Yeah, it was did. great. It's all love. Uh, it, it, it was great, but I got to give the biggest shout out to our friend of the podcast, CJ McCollum. CJ won the bet against Zion, and CJ is having so much fun with this right now. Zion, how many pictures of him in his Browns jersey did he DM you last night? To, to put on to, to make your avatar three pictures and then it was an unwarranted dm i had made the picture myself i found it off google him in the browns jersey just put it as my picture man complaining sent me hella photos of him in a browns jersey and his dog of him and his dog in a browns jersey cj relax you beat caught mccoy i told you, you the See, thing is i dm'd him on sunday i was like i told uh, i picked the browns to win because Colt McCoy is not going to lose. Jason Garrett had COVID, so Freddie Kitchens was calling plays. Yo, it, I feel bad for Freddie. Freddie is such a bad – Freddie did so bad last year that people blamed him for the fake punt last night when that was clearly Joe Judge. Our offensive coordinator doesn't get to call that that kind of thing. You I know? don't know, man. I think Freddie has some playing that we haven't done all that, that dumb stuff all year. <laughs> We would have straight. <laughs> you think them. you think they let Freddie call the fake? I punt think he pass? has some some influence on it. Some he's an idiot, bro. I understand what you guys say. Get that man out of here, bro. Coaching <laughs> tight ends. He's coaching tight ends, and Evan Ingram's not even doing anything. He's dropping passes all year. Get Freddie Kitchens out of here, bro. He should he should be in the uh, uh, the Alliance Football League. What is it? What is it? <laughs> yeah, that that one's out of business. That one's yeah. The, put the, him the back XFL reboot. The XFL reboot starring Freddie. Put him Kitchens. in the XFL. Trenches. I just, Zion, I'm not even like, I just, all I want to hear from you guys, I think we're at a point, and Zion, I already know what you're going to say. Bradbury was out, but Baker looks good, guys. I don't know what else to say. He looks good. They scored 20 I, points yesterday. They could have scored so much more. They barely they took the foot off the gas. All right, here, you want your credit? Baker's look good. 
But Chris Collinsworth uttering John Elway and Baker Mayfield in the same sentence twice Yo, in the telecast was Mike, lunacy. No, Mike Tirico compared him to Muhammad Ali last Lunacy. night. The two of them on the telecast on, on Sunday night were smoking dust Smelly. because there's no way, shape, and form you should ever put Baker Mayfield's name in the same sense as John Elway. What the fuck was Collinsworth talking about? Smoking crap. I loved it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Lunacy. I'm not even going to lie. I, after the first uh, punt, the fake punt, I got on 2K, man. You tapped out? You I was on 2K. You could check my t- PS5 history. I was on 2K. Uh, How do you throw a jump ball to a center on a fake on a fake? On the double coverage. In double the, coverage. The crazy thing is the kicker was open. The kicker the was open, open on the slant. The kicker was open. But, I mean, it's the punter. You don't expect him to go through reads. Like, I can't believe it. A mind-boggling call. Where, okay, before we get to our guests and everything, Adam. How mad are you? The Jets fucked it up. I oh, know. I had a, I had a bad Sunday. I watched UConn blow what would have been a rousing victory over a top ten program at home, despite James Booknight's forty points. And then I had to watch the Jets actually give a fuck in the Rams no show and screw up what the number one draft pick. And now the Jets, I mean, perpetually awful garbage dumpster it, fire it, franchise, it, will continue to just screw itself over and shoot itself in the foot every opportunity possible. Now they're saying the Jets aren't even going to take a quarterback. Now they're saying I mean, they're going to roll with Darnold. All my friends were like, I guess we're sticking with Darnold. I guess it's Darnold now. It, it, for, that for that was like, it. Yeah. That was it. It's like they don't even – yeah, it seems like that's it's, it. This completely changes Pathetic. everything. So congrats on the Jets for once again never being able to do anything right. Smelly. Very smelly organization. Yeah, forever. Yeah, forever. I can't – I cannot believe they won that game. I mean, did the Jets win? The Jets did enough, but the I'll Rams say, I mean, really – the Rams really blew that game. They, they blew the game. They didn't really come to play. Um, they clearly overlooked the Jets. The Jets were traveling to the West Coast for the second straight week. They have been feistier the last, like, you know, yeah. month or whatever. But, I mean, they so. just lost by 40 to the Seahawks. They did. I mean, other than that game, though, they've been feisty. They've been in yeah. these games. So, you have to I give mean, them a little credit. You can blame the Jets punter for for the Jets not getting Trevor Lawrence. If he makes he made the tackle on the punt return. If he doesn't he make that tackle, the Jets lose. I mean, he he got destroyed in that tackle. <laughs> but, but he I mean, made the tackle. Up, but he made he the tackle. Yes, there. he made the tackle. So he I was, stood it's in just, there. It's Who clown shit from the Jets. That, it's, it's just on brand for them. So I care about the Jets. Agreed. Who cares? Yeah. Move I'm on. Just, they lost Trevor Lawrence. They did. So it was listen, agonizing. Yeah. So the, the text dude. messages. Yeah. The text messages after that game finished was just agony from all my Jets fans. Friends. It is NBA week, but what are we talking about with the NBA? We don't know what's. We, it's the NBA. We don't, but we don't have anything to talk about yet. The Brooklyn Nets. They play. What, what, what's to say about the Brooklyn Nets? They look good. They haven't played a game yet. All right. All right. I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked. Harden didn't get traded this weekend. It seemed like Harden was going to get traded this weekend. Uh, and knowing our knowing our luck. He's going to get traded tonight, and and all this conversation won't mean anything because he'll be on a new team when the <laughs> podcast comes out. But I mean, I'm, I was. It seemed based on the Woj reporting and just some other stuff out there. It seemed like a trade was about to happen over the weekend. Oh, smoke screens, smoke screens. By who though? Who's who's both who, teams? Who, who both. You saw you saw Shams and Woj were going at it basically. They what? were, and then Maury Maury had to put out a statement. Yeah. Maury had to put out a statement that Ben Simmons isn't in deals. Like, yeah, but no one's believing Be- Daryl Maury. No, he said that because about he said, CP3. yeah, he yeah, so- you know, I'm not trading CP3. My thing is, I'm still not convinced that they should trade Ben Simmons for Harden. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't, I don't care enough about it because either way, the Nets are still going to be the uh, the best team. We just got to, you know, 
care about what's on our plates. You know, look at this guy. You're, you're extremely, about, you're, you are extremely cocky right now, pal. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm confident. We look good, man. We look good. All right, pre- relax. Preseason, relax. I don't you care. Relax. It's preseason. The, the Summer Knicks league. look good in preseason. The one. Are game. you now burning sage before you play NBA? 2K? Yes, we are all burning sage. Bur- all Nets fans will be burning sage before every game. I Shout see Zion. You can. You can never say I'm not a good friend because every Browns fan that listens to this podcast is going to tell me I went way too easy on you after the Browns beat the Yo, Chiefs. there was some random Browns account that was saying, uh, was mad about me uh, calling Baker mid. Bro, he's still mid. He, this is not going to convince me. He's doing He's doing a solid. He's had a great couple, past couple weeks. What, what would he have to do? What would he like if he wins a playoff game? Will you call him not mid? If he wins a playoff game where he plays well and he's the reason why they won, hundred percent, he can he could come out of that mid status. But he's still mid, still still mid. Like Adam, have you moved off of mid? He's not entering the top ten anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, so he's I, mid. I whatever he they, can approach. He can approach there's 13, a, 14, that kind of area. But there, he's there, not since we top since, third. since we since week seven, he's been a top five quarterback in the league. He's been That's very thing. good the listen, second half of the season. I'm going to give you that, except Jim, for except for a few uh, games here and there. Weather been very weather, good. Weather, weather really, Jimmy yeah, G made very the good. Super Bowl, and I was still calling him mid. I was calling but him again, trash. I wasn't even calling him mid. He is not an elite trash. quarterback, okay? For the one million time in this podcast. Baker's going to be like holding up the the Lombardi trophy, and you guys are going to be like, he still sucks. I mean, Chris Collinsworth wanted to fucking retire his number last, you know, on Monday, on Sunday night telecast. <laughs> Baker's a likable guy. I, He's good like at commercials. Him. I'll give him that. But you still got to admit your, your, your schedule has been a cakewalk. Has it? I yeah, you have the Jets. It. You have the Jets next Bro, Sunday. Bro, you just played the I Giants with I half can't. of the roster out and three coaches out through the COVID, at COVID, and one of them just left just to be a coach. Yeah, that was weird. The Giant Brett Bielema just was like, "Fuck y'all, He's, I'm going to he, coach he, Illinois." Yeah, if you well, if you know his coaching history, that's completely on brand for him. Yeah, he was like, "I'm getting this money." Fuck y'all. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm you know we're friends. I'm not going too hard. I will say, I got a Facetime last night from a big Giants fan. Uh, Joe LaPuma, he's sneaker shopping host, complex sneaker pod fans. Go look. He FaceTimed me and he's like, bro, Baker's good. That's all he said. That's all he said. I, and Joe been around the block. He's seen Eli some Super Bowls. So, you know, that's that's all I'm saying. No. So, Baker is that's all, he's not bad. That's Congrats. all I'm saying. Yeah, Baker's not on that bad, but he's Let, mid. Let's, uh, I say we, it's time to get to our Chad. Uh, we got two interviews on this pod Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, and the big show. I think we should get to the Chad interview because it's quite frankly hilarious. And actually, the rep just texted me. Chad, after the interview, was like, I'm so fired up right now. That was fun. So, <laughs> well, tell me to come uh, back on the podcast. Yeah, Chad, can, Chad, come back and we'll have a episode. full debate. But it was, we got right into it. So let's get to our Chad, uh, Chad Johnson interview. It's a lot of fun. Chad, what's going on? Yep. Listen, this is, I, I love this. I love this. Man 21 has a challenge for all fans called Video Game Numbers. There it is. Now, being at, being at the Pro Bowl, being at the Pro Bowl won't be played. Nobody can go. So everything's going to be done virtually. So now for every every touchdown you score, for everybody plays Madden. For every touchdown you score, you have the opportunity. And that touchdown will count as a vote for that player to go to the Pro Bowl. Easy. Easy. And, yeah, I, I, to me, I think it's dope. Obviously, we can play. But it's going to be a pool of 32 players that will be revealed tonight, if I'm not mistaken. It will be re- revealed tonight. Monday night, yep. And, yep. The more, the more touchdowns you can score, 
the better the chance of that individual, whoever it may be, making it to the Pro Bowl. Obviously, not your Patrick Mahomes, not your Lamar Jackson, because that's 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 too easy. Yeah, that's your bread and butter. Yeah, yeah that that that's too easy. But I'm not sure. I even I don't know who the 32 <laughs> are, so I'm curious. So I can get on because there's certain players that I want to see make. Who who have you scored the most touchdowns with in your Madden career? If you had to take a guess, I guess probably Moss. Okay, probably Ooh. Moss and then, probably Moss and me. Okay, then yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously that's very cool. You do so much with Madden. I've never seen yeah. someone work a sideline like you, Chad. When you're like in your Madden rating mode, like being yeah. being at the Bears game with you, the opener two years ago, the opener, like yeah. seeing you work the sideline, like you're you're talking to guys, like Chad. You you just got it. Yeah. You got that feel. Yeah, I got I got a feel for it. I mean, I'm kind of upset I wasn't able to interact with the guys more this season yeah. because now I'm getting the brunt of the heat via Twitter and <laughs> social media. And I'm like, and I'm trying to tell some of these dudes, like, listen, call me, just just call me, and I'll, I'll explain to you via video format and game film why your goddamn rating is what it is. <laughs> you know, let's not do this publicly because I don't want to. You know, I don't want to put you out there. Well, you brought up Moss. We have to, you know, we have to bring up Randy. He listed his top three mm-hmm. wide receivers the other day. Yeah. And we we know you have thoughts. I, I like it. I like it. it. It makes sense. I mean, he Randy said he doesn't care about numbers. Did we remember that, yeah. right? Yep. Forget the numbers. The most gifted receiver to ever step foot in the NFL is Randy Moss. The most gifted ever. 6'5", run 4-2, catch the ball effortlessly. It, it just, he's the most gifted. Are there other things you can find wrong that you don't like with him about a receiver that other people may have? Yeah, you can. You can. But when you can sit back there and launch it 80 yards and not worry and know 9 times out of 10, he's coming down with that. He's probably, he's right in his wording and belief that he is. The greatest ever, and I, I agree with him. For me, him and T are one A, one B. You can't go Ooh. wrong either way. You so go. you agree, agree. Just for context for the audience, the three is Randy yeah, Moss, yeah, T O, yeah. and uh Jerry. One A, one B. One A, one B is like trying to compare uh Beyonce Rihanna. Either way you go, god damn it, you can't. Well then go what wrong. is Jerry Rice then? <laughs> who is Jerry who is Jerry Rice? Was she Ariana Grande? Jerry, like what is, Jerry, what is Jerry, Jerry Rice in this Jerry, situation? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry would Jerry would be J Lo. J Lo's J Lo's a goat though. J Lo was. Uh... Did you just hit a first two names? I did. I said? Like, <laughs> j- listen, Chad. Like, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit okay, older. No, no, I'm a little bit older. No, so Jerry Rice is like hold is. On, I get. On. I get the hold argument on. about being gifted. I get the argument being talented. Everything you're saying about Jerry Rice is based on numbers. But numbers count. That's numbers that's are part of your story. resume. Did you hear what Randy Moss said? Yeah, numbers aside, okay, but if you're also going, what the, he said was numbers aside. I'm going off a of skill. Okay, but if you're going off skill and giftedness, you can put Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins in that conversation, also. Actually, you can, but we're talking about two different types of skill sets, obviously that you don't know or understand about. If you're trying to compare DeAndre Hopkins, well, I just Odell, again, <laughs> wait, yeah, Adam, wait are you serious? I'm just saying if you're if your parameter, if you're if you look what you just you just compared DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham to Teal I'm not and saying Randy their Moss. career yet, obviously. I'm that's saying but if we're talking said. about skill, that's if we're talking about said. skill and talent and gifted levels, you can put that's those individuals up said. there with the other great individuals. There are levels and tiers to talent and gifts. It, Let, let's understand. It, let's really in the look. And for you, Chad, you're really in the look. For you, Chad, you're saying that tier at the top, Randy and T.O., no one's at that tier. 
with the talent and giftedness. Oh. Yes. Have we seen another Randy or T.O. yet? Did we ever no. see another Jerry Rice? Uh, yeah. My, here, yeah, because you're basing everything off numbers. My, my take is <laughs> numbers I'm matter. About numbers matter. Gifts. I don't. No, they do not matter. <laughs> but right, you got so guys calling you up. <laughs> they matter who? Yeah, but you got guys calling you up about who their Madden rating. Who do, who do they matter to? They matter to We're a lot of people. We're talking about Randy Moss comments because now you're going off. Topic. That's how you make a definitive. That's how you make a definitive comparison with numbers. And the topic is Randy's first words were, "Off of numbers, I'm basing everything off of skill and talent and gifts alone." He's the best in the world. And you keep trying to throw numbers in there. And that's not what we're talking about. Okay. Exactly. But numbers, but, we're but numbers, about numbers do matter. Numbers Jerry do matter. So who's your top five? Who's your top five? Chad, do you have a... I don't have a top yeah. five. I love everybody. Exactly. Chad loves everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a top This is... This, is this going to go live? Is this just fucking awesome? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chad, can, going we, live to, yeah, can we talk about how we had the greatest IG live with you ever in the car? Do you remember that? He doesn't remember. Com- we did? He doesn't remember. Ain't no way he... Re- we did? <laughs> <laughs> Chad, we were, in the, we were in the car. You were live on the Complex Sports Instagram talking about how you need a cover and how we need to do it. Nah, we should bro. do it. He don't remember you, bro. <laughs> 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 he don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I want to I get back. I want to get back. I want to get back to it. To this combo. On gifts and talents. Yes. Break it break it down for the for the listener, Chad, because I don't think people understand. But I don't I don't I didn't you can't break it down for the listener because the cab the casual listener is not going to understand. Yeah. They're not going to understand. The greatest receivers, like like think of this. The greatest receivers to ever grace the football field is Randy Moss and T.O. And I'm basing everything off of what Moss said. Mm-hmm. No numbers included. Not basing anything off numbers. Talent. Mm. If you've never seen T.O. and Randy Moss play up close in person, it's unbelievable, an unbelievable sight to see. And for me, for me as a player that's been on the field with both, my mouth was in awe. It was dropped open. As it is, as it is today in today's game, when I watch D-Hop play, my mouth is in awe. When I watch Odell play, my mouth is in awe. Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, my mouth is in awe. But there is a different level of talent and skill when it comes to those other two at the pinnacle of the best of the position. It's like, and it's, I, I can't say it because they all do the same thing. You run, you catch, you run, you get away. It's just, it's, it's different. Like there are so many different breeds of dogs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they all have their, their different gifts that they bring to the table and things that make them special and makes them what they are. But it's something about these two particular wide receivers not taking anything away from taking anything away, taking anything else away from anybody else because we're all getting their own right. But those two sit atop fucking Rush Mount Moore of receivers. Okay, that's great. <laughs> and that's, that makes that makes 100%. And now, this is, this you is want, no, no, let me finish. Okay. Now, if you want to throw numbers in there, what you want to do, you know, then it's a different ball game. Okay. Because you're basing everything off numbers. Numbers count. Numbers numbers are important. So resumes, my question, resumes are my, important. My question to you is, if we're just going off skill and in, in the gift that you're talking about, it, hmm. say, completely hypothetical, what if you dropped Jerry into this era? What happens? Mm-hmm. What happens if you drop Jerry into this era? Yeah. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a pass happy league now. Yeah. It's a very, it's a pass happy league. What happened if you drop uh, T.O. and Randy right. in this area? With the rules, with the, with, with the way the rules are, where you can't touch anybody. I mean, we saw a little bit of it with Randy in 07. Like, that was the very early stages of what it, it could have been. It could have been. He was older that's then, probably, You know? What, what, what if, it's, it's, it's almost scary. It's, it's almost scary, you know? And not to take anything away from all the receivers are great. The top five now are great. The top ten right now are great. And it's interchangeable based on what you like, based off preference, and who you personally like and the way they get it done. Oh okay. man, this is great. Okay, so so <laughs> D Hop, you said your jaw is dropping. You've seen oh, him on the field. D Hop, he's the best in the okay, game right so now. Okay, so again, you're but then, saying there's a there's a one B, right? Yes. Then what about Tyreek Hill? Then what about Stephon Diggs? Julio. Okay. What about Devontae? Adams? Who, who, what about Julio have, Jones? What do you do? What do you, what do you do? Could we could we say there's Think more talent? There, is there more that. talent right now in the position than ever before? It yes, feels, because look yeah. what I just did. Yeah. Look at everybody I just named. Mm. But then tell me two names I can name, and it's still on another stratosphere than those that I just named. Okay, but does D Hop have no, 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 no buts? Who are the two <laughs> names I can say that are on another stratosphere than everybody I just named? I know. Randy, I just want to ask you. Randy Moss and No, I'm not talking until you say the name. Say two names. Randy Moss and Tio. Thank you. I'll say it. Okay, but thank you. It's still 100. percent It's still 100. We get that. That's fine. But I want to ask D Hop. I love you. <laughs> we, Chad, we love you too. And we appreciate you coming yeah. on and having this great debate. But does D Hop have the ability to get on their level if you say that your jaw drops yes. and you watch them on the field? Yes. You know okay. how? You know how? Playing in the league 15, 16, 17 years. It's going to be there. And you know what D Hop has that most players don't? Consistency. Okay. Now, I didn't fucking have consistency. And, okay. You know, and he you has get- discipline. But consistency means you get numbers, and numbers show that show greatness and can. I can just fit. said that being consistent <laughs> is getting the opportunity and the ball thrown at you. Then consistency comes into play, and then putting mm-hmm. up numbers, catches, touchdowns, yards, all the stuff that matters. You on your get resume. that with opportunities. You can't get those unless you have the opportunity. You know the ball has to come. Yes, Chad, just call Adam. Just call Adam a nerd. Just call Adam a nerd. Adam. Adam, you have to break it down in layers. It's just not I, about there's, saying There's it. nuance to every certain conversation, every debate. In order for you to do it, certain things have to happen. But one, you got to stay healthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Two, you have to get the opportunities to have the consistency to put up the numbers. Mm-hmm. The quarterback, the yes. officer's line, mm-hmm. the coordinator, the play calling. It's so much that has to go right for it to happen. So much. You make so it much. sound easy. But it's not easy. I'm not trying to make it sound easy. I'm just saying, though, when, when <laughs> Randy's original assertion or whatever and everyone's assertion about giftedness and talent, there are guys in today's game that are just as gifted talently, athletically, and their ability to catch the ball, football, if they have the right guy throwing to them, everything working properly. Whoa, whoa, they're whoa, on the, they're on a similar talent did, level did as you those just say some? Did you say there are players today that are just as gifted as Randy Moss and T.O.? Athletically? Of course. You're telling me that Odell, you're telling me a completely healthy Odell Beckham is not as talented athletically and gifted in ways that I, I don't, Chad, I don't think are. Adam paid attention to anything you've said in the, in the past 10 minutes. Am I being punked? Is Ashton Kutcher from the pop out? <laughs> no, Ashton Kutcher not. I'm trying to have a, a legit debate with you because I think athletically those Adam. guys are just as gifted as Ooh. your Randy Mosses and your T.O.'s. I'm not saying that they're better right now. Obviously, they're not, they're not on a Mount Rushmore of the NFL receivers. They are but sheer athleticism and talent. They're two completely different type of skill sets altogether, though. So how are you even comparing the two? It's a very subjective uh, You can't do that. We, it's not subjective. It's common sense if you know the fucking game. <laughs> uh, clearly, Adam doesn't. Chad, 
We love you. We're running out of time. Real quick before we get you out of here, I just want to say, Chad, you are a great human being. We saw what you did with the you do it all the time, but the tip last night, just you are a great human being. And I just want to say that before we get you, got you out of here because yeah, that stuff you do is it's super inspirational and you never have to do it, but you continually do it and it is very fucking awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been a part of me, even when I was playing, man, just, just being gracious. You never know how you can change somebody's life, even if it's small. It's small to, it's small to some people. To others, it's, it's, it's a big difference. So I just continuously do it. It's 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 a great thing to see. And it's super. I, I, I hope you know how much it really like inspires other people to kind of do that kind of stuff. So yeah. Appreciate it's, it's it. Very, it's very dope. Great debate, Chad. We love you. Appreciate great love you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> Peace out, man. We told you, Adam, Adam, you have a way. I will give you credit, Adam. You have a way of getting people, these, these, these people we interview fired up. As I say a million times, there are, there's nuance and context to every single debate or argument. And I'm not trying to twist words around, but like there's Chad's assertions, which I respect 1 million percent. He knows a million times more football than I ever will. But there's different ways that you can have that debate and who you're putting on a pedestal. But yeah, I'm not going to back down for what I believe in. And it's good to have those fun arguments. And it's all good fun. And as Chad said, yeah, we love him. He loves us. It's all in good fun. It was fun to have him on, but I'm not going to back down I mean, my stance. I mean, you were kind of wild. When, when he narrowed it down to skill and just plain flat out skill. And you just kept saying numbers. Like, yeah. And we like, weren't talking okay, but about numbers, that. But numbers matter. That In terms of how you not how when, you put these guys on your Mount Rushmore, that matters. But, but I agree that all the time, if you're ranking them, you have to factor in numbers. But like he was spe- speaking specifically from a skill standpoint. Which, okay, yeah. and I counter him too. That specifically from a skill standpoint, the guys in today's game, again, like Odell and D Hop, are just as talented as Randy Moss and To and potentially Jerry Rice. Also, like I mean, the skill set of these guys right now is I think you just think, I think I, but I think you got to understand and what he brought up is you got to bring in the the era change. Like, bro, they that's fine. Yeah, when Randy was like like and I like I said during the interview, we caught a little bit of it with Randy on that 2007 Patriots team. And what the game was going towards. Yeah, you're right, 100%. But like the prime of his career, if they were like, if no, it still wasn't as wide open as this today. You're, you're, you are one million. So, like, I think if you, like, like I said, if you drop them in now, like they are, I think that they would put themselves on a different level than the D Hops and the Odells if you drop them Mm -hmm. in now. And I think that's all he was saying. Maybe. I mean, again, but D Hop hasn't played with a, you know, a top tier quarterback the way Rennie Moss did with Tom Brady. I mean, but Randy only had it for one year. I mean, he oh, but Dante was, I mean, Culpepper but Cole, also was. Culpepper Dante was Culpepper very, was and, and, and Randall Cunningham MVP? was good. Randall, yeah, wasn't, Randall, wasn't Culpepper an NFL MVP? No, Culpepper never won. Oh, I'm drawing, then I'm, I'm whatever. I'm drawing a blank on all my NFL so. MVPs. Maybe I, I don't just, think I'm, so. And McNabb was, and T.O. had McNabb, and T.O. had, didn't, T.O. had Steve Young for a little bit, right? Like, uh, Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And Jeff Garcia, who had a good run with the 49ers also. So, yeah. I mean, T.O. So, played with some very good quarterbacks as well. Just such a different game that where if you look at them and you drop them into this open, like, I feel like I agree with Chad where they would be on another tier. Yeah. Even I, I, Real quick, I think I'm confusing Dante Culpepper's Madden cover with an MVP. So, shame on me. <laughs> well, he he did have a Madden he cover. He did have a Madden cover. You have to give me that. You have to give me that. Peyton Hillis has a Madden cover. Okay. Hey, he yeah, he, <laughs> he does. I love the Dante <laughs> Culpepper. Well, Zion, do the dance with me. Get your roll on. Remember the get your no, roll on dance? Do no, don't do, do that. No. Do it with That's me. No. Outdated. No. Swagless dance now. Okay. Can't be doing All right. That. <laughs> uh but that was fun. I mean, I, I love I love those kind of debates. Chad, come back anytime. You were always welcome. Friend of the complex so much. Even I'm glad, we got, I'm glad we got Chad fired up. 
Even though he sunned me a little bit, he did not Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like, you let's really move thought he was good. Bro, he, we, he we, rode in, we rode in a car together for an hour, and we were on IG Live together. Like, I... Okay. My, we, my, we, did, my, we did see him, like, five times during the Super Bowl. Bro, weekend, Zion, we've run into Chad, like, seven times in the past two years. But, you know, our, my maybe, ego took a little hit. Maybe next five. time. Maybe next time. I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so next. You know, it, good transition. We have the Big Show on, and the Big Show has a very similar type story. If you're unfamiliar with the Big Show, like Zion... WWE superstar, legend in the game. He was in the NWO back in the day. He's been in a bunch of movies, Waterboy, Jingle All the Way, that kind of stuff. Uh, very good conversation with him, I think. I, I think that if you're not familiar with him, this is going to give you an idea of, you know, just, you know, how legendary he is. So uh, let's get to that conversation. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We have WWE superstar legend, the big show joining us. Seriously. 12-year-old Chops would be losing his shit right now at, at this. I'm, I'm telling you right now, for real. Well, well, I'm very honored. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's funny. Current man. Chops is still losing his shit. Yeah, no, yeah. 31-year-old <laughs> me is still losing my shit. <laughs> we did a, a thing a couple weeks ago in WWE. It was myself and Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. And I think it was setting up an attack by Randy Orton. So we're all in the back playing cards. <laughs> And it's funny because the creative lately, I've been around all the legends and all the Hall of Famers. Yeah. But I'm still active duty. Like I'm still active duty. I'm still one of the one of the guys. And uh, Sean looks at me real subtly. If you know the scene, you might remember it. Suddenly says, What are you even doing here? Like <laughs> I'm not supposed to be hanging out with the old guys, but I'm one of the old guys that's still working that can hang out with the old guys. <laughs> I'm not a Hall of Famer yet. But that's just uh, the creative that had me stuck back there. It's like uh, you guys know I'm uh, still working, right? I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to be here, but uh, you know, still working. <laughs> you said yet, yeah, very important, yeah, because that needs to that needs to come and happen for sure on the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even really worried about that. It's funny. I, I I appreciate that they put me in that same group, but uh, I'm still having fun working with younger talent and still getting out there rock and roll in this crazy time that we have now with uh, with people signing in to view. The matches, which is a little weird. You miss yeah. some of that live energy, but it is what it is. So, so much we want to talk about. But first, sure. of all, young Z- young Zion here. He, he's a little younger. He's in his 20s. 
<laughs> educate this man on two classic film roles of yours, Jingle All the Way and The Waterboy. Both, <laughs> both very good film appearances by you from the 90s that people need to recognize. Well, I, I think thanks to the, uh, um, the diligent people on social media, um, uh, Jingle All the Way has become a Christmas favorite. Uh, yes. Among a lot of fans. It's that uh, surprise Easter egg. If you're watching Jingle All the Way and you see this huge Santa Claus, you go, you know, that looks like the big show. And uh, that's a, that's something I've always been really proud of being part of Jingle All the Way. I, uh, I got to hang out for a week with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and uh, it's funny, I was watching the monitors one day and they did that big warehouse scene in Jingle All the Way. Yeah. And there was a lens at the time that was almost $750,000 a day to rent. And Jeez. they wanted this particular lens to shoot this bubble wide view. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting next to one of the guys that had the little monitors and you know, little headphones. And I didn't know much about production or filming or any of that. I thought he was just one of the, the sound guys, honestly, because he had like a jogging <laughs> suit. He was a little sweaty and, and I was just making casual conversation. I was like, hey, man, you believe how much freaking money they waste on this shit? We're waiting around for $750,000 lens. I mean, like, is a shot really that freaking important for three quarters? There's like people starving for crying out loud. You know, so I said, uh, hey, man, my name is Paul. What's yours? He goes, hi, I'm Christopher Columbus. I'm the executive producer. <laughs> a dir- a director of like Home Alone. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, open mouth, insert foot, big show. So, uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was a great one. And then we had a scene originally. Um, Arnold was going to hook my suspenders in the hooks that were carrying the stuffed animals around, mm-hmm. and I was going to get yanked, yanked out of frame. So while they were rigging up the stunning, uh, the stunt coordination, all that stuff, I'm hanging in a harness. And my feet are about three feet off the ground, and I'm just hanging there while they're talking about the shot and how they want to set it up. And Arnold's got his big stogie and he's such a prankster so he, he slaps me in the nuts and he goes pay attention <laughs> well, i'm sitting here spinning in a slow circle where i got slapped in the nuts by arnold and I'm, <laughs> i can't even i can't even kneel down like i'm like i just got slapped in the nuts by arnold how cool ow how cool ow. yeah but you're one of the few guys who could actually like throw arnold around yeah, and it was funny. It's because they were very. It was funny. They were very protective at that time, uh, for lack of a better term, of Arnold's image and Arnold's character. Because mm-hmm. I did throw him around a little bit in that scene. That oh, you got you got that, rough with him. Yeah, that's something. The only one that had ever gotten rough with him before was the Predator. Yes, you know what no, I mean. So I mean. it was it was kind of a cool nod. And I'll tell you what, a you know you always hear about Arnold Schwarzenegger's legendary personality, you know, and his sense of humor and his how he likes to, to joke with people. And if he likes you, he'll find a unique way to, to give you a little shit, you know? So <laughs> I did spend all that time with Arnold. I'd gone out to lunch with him and, and Ralph Mueller a few times. Uh, incredible fun. So years later, I'm wrestling and things are moving along and I, and I run into Arnold somewhere and he come to a Raw or something like that. And he introduced himself to me. Hi, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, you know, I've, I've shaved my head. So, I mean, I introduced myself. You know, I didn't say, hey, I did jingle all the way with you years ago. I didn't want to be that guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I'm like, well, you know, I mean, he meets a lot of people. I mean, I was a little struck by it because, like, I'm somebody that usually you're, sticks out in somebody's mind. You're pretty noticeable. You're pretty yeah. Noticeable. And also, if you've had lunch with a guy twice, I mean, he, I would think yeah, he'd remember I worked you. in a movie yeah. with him. I didn't yeah, say, it's hey, like, come on, you, you slapped me in the nuts. Yeah, time. exactly. <laughs> so, a couple of years goes by. I run into Arnold somewhere else uh, in L.A. I say, hey, Arnold. He goes, nice to meet you, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm like, okay, dude, maybe he's slipping. You know what I mean? You know, maybe, yeah. maybe something's going on. And then he came to another Raw with uh, Joe Mangiello, uh, who's a good buddy of mine. They, they had that uh, movie that they'd done together. And yeah. uh, so I went in to say hi to Arnold. So I was talking to the bodyguard. I said, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Big show. Go ahead. The bodyguard knew who I was, the whole deal. I walk in. Joe was super cool, you know, and I want to get a picture with Arnold and Joe. And Arnold introduces himself to me again. He goes, hi, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nice to meet you. And now I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed now. I'm like, listen, this son of a bitch has done met me five times, you know, and every time you're just like, I don't care how bad your memory is, you know, that's that's just effed up. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. in my mind. So fast forward about six, seven months after that, um, WWE got an award. Actually, Paul Levesque, uh, Hunter, um, got an award from um, – the Arnold Classic for contributions to bodybuilding and support and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, Paul was doing something WWE-wise, so he asked me to go in his place to get the award on behalf of him and WWE. Sure, I'll go to the Arnold Classic. So I'm there at the Arnold Classic to receive this award, and I'm thinking it pops back into my head again, like, Arnold's going to introduce me like this is the first time we've met again because this guy can't remember who the hell I am. <laughs> so then Arnold's giving his speech and then he goes into uh, working with me on Jingle All the Way, my mm. career, just how just was very complimentary how nice I am and all that stuff. And I'm off guard. And then I walk up to uh, to take the award for Hunter. Arnold looks at me, winks and goes, Arnold Schwarzenegger, nice to meet you. He winks at me. <laughs> so for all those years, his running joke was he would introduce himself to me the first time every time. Like I wasn't memorable enough to remember the first time, which is something that never happens. But it was a unique little rib that uh, I get where the legendary Arnold Schwarzenegger sense of humor comes from. So that's, that's a very yeah. long game to play, though. I mean, he had a like long a years, con. years and years of a set. Dude, it, uh, he had the longest con ever. Like I would see him at Gold's Gym. And I'd, hey, Arnold, because I love to train there in Venice. And say, Hey, Arnold, he goes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, nice to meet you. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like it got to the point where I didn't even want to say hi to him because I didn't want to get rejected again. Like here's here's a hero that you grew up watching. It's either yeah, it's Olympia. either Arnold's an asshole or you gave him a concussion when you roughed him up on the movie set. Yeah, one of the two. I either gave him a concussion or or I'm just not that memorable to remember is where it started attacking. But that's his sense of humor, and he knew exactly what he was doing, and. You know, he had a lot of fun stories with Andre and stuff like that in Mexico that we yeah. talked about. So I knew, looking back over it, I realized what he was doing. In wrestling, we call that a rip. We, yeah. we got an ongoing rib. And Arnold's one of those old school guys that will, um, that kept the rib going. There's very few people that have that patience uh, to keep that sense of humor going. And it was great. Bret Hart's another one that did something similar to that to me. Uh, Bret Hart is, uh, I call him Giuseppe. Because whenever he's around, he looks like some gypsy that just wandered into the back of WWE's 
hair's all long and gray. He's just kind of like chill. Sa- sauntering through. Yeah, it's just I'm just like you're like Giuseppe, the wandering gypsy here, you know. So I had a tour bus, and Brett was doing some things in WWE, a little appearances here and there. He was helping uh, TJ and Natty, and. Uh, do some angles and uh, Brett was riding in my tour bus because we'd have to do uh, Raw on Mondays and SmackDown on Tuesdays. So mm-hmm. Brett would jump on the bus and catch a ride with me and I'd drop him off at his hotel. So I get right, usually when I have people on my bus, I would, you know, here's the refrigerator, uh, here's the snacks, here's the drinks, here's the remote to the TV. And I go to the back and go to bed. So I give mm-hmm. people the front lounge to enjoy themselves. I don't, I, you know, it's, it's some people want to watch TV, some people want to relax, whatever. You know, I'm not going to stay up all night entertaining. That's basically what it is. I'm giving you a yeah. ride. I'm not going to put on a show like Danny Thomas. <laughs> so I get ready to go to bed. Brett goes, uh, hey, show, you know, I've got an idea for you and I to work a program together. And like, even though Brett had had some health concerns, you never know where a guy really is. He could have been cleared. He could have been healed. And a chance to work with Bret Hart in a program, yeah, I mean, you're, it's a dream. If you grew up as a kid watching WWF like I did in WWE, you yeah. are a fan of Bret Hart. You were a fan of his work and, and the way he worked with big guys. I always thought Bret Hart was one of the greatest at working with a big guy. The matches he'd have with Yokozuna were just off the charts. You know, the yeah. story that Bret would tell. So he's got my interest. So I sit down and, uh, you know, for about an hour and a half, Brett goes into this detail of these angles and I would jump him at TV and then I would come off my bus at another TV and he would jump me with a weapon like a bat or a shovel or something, you know. And this thing goes on and on for an hour and a half of, of the angles, of the heat, of the storyline other characters brought in how to get these other characters over and pull them into the angle so this is serious like he's put some real thought into this angle and it finishes with me tripping over the canadian flag and him beating me with a (laughs) roll-up and i just looked at him i said did you just waste an hour and a half of my time he goes yes i did i said f you brett i'm going to bed so that was that Bret Hart is another one that has that old school rib ability. I know the younger generation is probably just bored to death with that story, but uh, you have to understand the ability to keep a long con going and not break character. That's a law. That's a lost art in, uh, lost in art. playing jokes. It's a lost art because everybody wants to hurry up and get to the finish now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. But where's the end? Wrestling's the same way now. A lot of times, I think, especially nowadays, we rush to the end because we're so scared that somebody's going to turn the channel or, or we're go- they're going to lose interest because it's developing. So, you know, I think that's one thing that we do now that's a disservice is we don't very rarely do we get a chance to really tell those stories that make people emotionally invested, except once in a while we have some beautiful things like the Bray Wyatt, Alexa bliss story. Um, yeah. If you've been following our product, they've done a tremendous job of, of turning and building those two characters. It's it's uh, some of my the most favorite television I've watched in a while for our product has been the Alexa Bliss Bray Wyatt stuff. It's really, really spot on with her talent and what she brings to the table and Bray's weirdness with The Fiend. Uh, it's It kind of reminds me how we used to do stuff long ago. We would let it develop and let it, uh, let it grow a life of its own, so to speak. You know, I think sometimes with TV now and so many options and so many hours of TV, 
And with social media, that everything's instantaneous and what was done yesterday is dead today. It's very hard to, to build that drama and that suspense and keep people hooked. You know, and I Definitely. think that's, it's tough finding that now. You look at uh, our TV shows now, like, you know, Mandalorian. They're Ooh, smart. I just now. watched it. I just watched the finale today. Very <laughs> yeah. good. Don't very tell good. Me it I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. I'm not spoiling it. I'm not spoiling it. I'm not spoiling it. All right. But you, you know, that's the thing. We release that one episode every week, and it gives you something to look yeah. forward to. That's hundred uh, percent. You get people emotionally invested, and I think that's one of the toughest things for our product now is is to really. Uh, pull people in and make them emotionally invested, especially, you know, with the parameters that we're working around. Now, I think eventually once everything gets back to normal, we can start doing uh, crowds again and having the audience in there. Uh, I look forward to uh, us developing a lot of those storylines a lot more, I hope. Have you ever felt heat from a crowd? Oh my the, God! Yes. No, no. Second part. question. The the NWO heat from a crowd. Was there anything that compares to that? Um, at the time, no. Um, I don't think. Um, very few groups have been able to get the kind of heat that NWO had. Uh, NWO changed the landscape of professional wrestling forever. Because yeah. before the NWO. When a good guy says, hey, I'm going to kick your ass, the bad guy would go, ooh, they would get, like, they would get uncomfortable or they would run away. Um, you took the NWO, one of the greatest, most beloved characters in Hulk Hogan, who say your prayers, take your vitamins, train hard, champion for, for, for little kids, you know, champion for the American way, and he turned, you know. That was like mm-hmm. Superman putting on a black cape. You couldn't fathom that. You couldn't fathom that happening. And then Scott and Kevin were brilliant on the microphone because they took a lot of the the phony baloney in wrestling. They crushed it. If you yeah. came at Scott and Kevin in a live interview with some, uh, like with their term, a phony 1980s wrestling character, Scott and Kevin would laugh you right off the screen. Yeah. And there were a lot of guys that didn't know how to handle that and the fans were mad because one Hogan turned and these other guys were just eviscerating anyone that they got in front of on the microphone. Um, there were no rules because we're like, lack of a better term, there, there used to be like a gentleman's agreement between heels and baby faces. And, you know, the, the heel would always work to try to make the baby face look good and bump and feed. You know, that kind of a thing, you know. It went out, the, it went out the window there? It went out the friggin' window. It literally it, took wrestling and turned it on its head. Young, and, young Zion doesn't know anything about the pain of watching Bash at the Beach. But also, seeing, Chops, it, how are you not wearing your NWO t-shirt? I know, I have my NWO, and I didn't you, wear you it. You've worn the NWO t-shirt on numerous podcasts, on numerous Zooms that we've done for the life of this podcast. Uh, and the I one day see. we have an NWO individual on, you're not wearing the goddamn t-shirt. Yeah, like wow, dude, that really dropping the ball there. You know? I, I come on, laundry man. day. You guys were picking on me. Come on, laundry day. But young Zion, the the feeling of that of that turn was, you know, one one you just never forget is like a it sucked the it, life out of you. Yeah, it was one of those yeah. things where you you if you saw it, you remember where you were when that happened. You, yes. you know, because it was the inconceivable of probabilities happened, and you and, it, and the thing I love about it is there was a lot of what we call this business, we call white hot heat. 
like you know mm-hmm. something so hot that it burns white you know what i mean like iron yeah and it was so white hot because people didn't know how to react it was they knew they just saw something uh, uh unique for the business they were a part of that but they didn't know how to react to it emotionally because here's their hero hulk hogan who turns and drops a leg on macho man randy savage who spray painting guys like some kind of a uh, a gangster who's tagging buildings he's tagging downed superstars the spray paint um and he's united with these two guys that are incredible wrestlers with scott hall and kevin nash who could talk on the microphone who were cool and they changed the landscape and they changed the landscape so much i remember after a while of being in the nwo we pulled up because we still the nwo is here kind of a thing Mm-hmm. And there was like four limos and like 20 guys in the NWO. It was like, <laughs> like, I mean, I need to go back to WCW because like we're running out of guys to fight, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, because yeah. other guys didn't want to literally did not want to go up creatively against, against Hulk, Scott and Kevin. One Hulk yeah. had creative control over his character. So yeah. he owned that brand. <laughs> Scott and Kevin were super sharp. So you really had to be on your A game to mess with those guys and hang with them because they knew what they were doing and they did it so well. They flipped the business. They really flipped the entire business on its head. All the old rule books they threw out the window and you look what transpired from that NWO turn. you got superstars like, you know, like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. you got superstars like The Rock who could come in and just insult berate and belittle anybody that was in the ring with him and whether he was a bad guy or a good guy you were still entertained by him. but i think part of hogan turning and scott and kevin reacting to baby faces the way they did they gave a chance for other people to explore a different side and make it fresh and make it new so that Definitely. i don't think if you're a wrestling fan and you look back the pivotal moment where wrestling changed forever was that Hulk Hogan turn in the NWO with Scott and Kevin, uh, with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. It was just, it, it really rocked our entire industry because before that it was pretty status quo. You know, yeah. you know, you had your heels, you had your baby faces, you sold a certain way. Um, you know, you got your heat a certain way and it was the standard formula. And now the rule book is out the window. doesn't matter whatever, whatever you can do. So uh, <laughs> it was good. Can, can you give us uh, the scouting report as you as a basketball player at Wichita State? Me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, were, you, were you just dominating the block in college no, basketball? No, no, no. It's funny. I, I was a great high school player. I was the athlete of the year in 1989. I mean, I averaged triple doubles. I think I averaged mm. like 30, <laughs> 35, 37 points a game, 20 rebounds, <laughs> like 11 blocks. That's what I averaged. How, how, seven, how big were, seven or eight games over 50 points. But, how, big were you, how big were you at this point? So I was seven foot three oh three. So <laughs> I was a senior in high school. So nobody stopped well, that. Nobody. Well, not in the league that I was playing in. Uh, I went to a little Christian academy in South oh, Carolina. Man. So they, 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 wait, so, so were guys coming up to your waist or where were they coming up? Oh yeah, it was it was pitiful. <laughs> like a big guy in that league was like six three. You were Zion Williamson before Zion Williamson. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I uh, I got challenged when I went to Wichita State because it was funny. As I actually um, played behind a blue chip top twenty five All American and John Smith. 
John Smith, okay. who is Xavier McDaniel's nephew, yeah. uh, he actually came out of uh, AC Flora High School in South Carolina. Um, John was 6'9", 295, bench 315, and ran a 236, a 1236 two-mile run stop and tie to shoot. Mm. Okay, like <laughs> this guy was, we called him stud for a reason. Yeah. You know, he had like a 46-inch vertical leap at 6'9". He used to put on his 100-pound weight vest after practice and dunk the ball like 20 times, you know, <laughs> do these drills. And I used to get so mad at John that we would fight and practice and we'd have to run every morning at 5 a.m. Because I wanted to start in the five position. I wanted John to play four. But John didn't want to handle the ball, didn't want to rotate to a four. He, I said – you know, I'm too damn big to play four. Okay? You need to play four, and I need to play five. Why don't you just play four? No, I don't need to play four. You know, like, and we would fight and practice for that starting position, and we would have to do these runs at 5 a.m. with Coach Allen, the assistant coach. And it was like, a, and here's the thing about John and I, we would fight and practice, but we would eat together every night. Yeah. But we were fighting for that position. And I remember after about, I want to say three or four weeks of us running at 5 a.m. almost every day. The assistant coach just brought donuts and coffee one day and said, can y'all quit fighting and practice? My wife thinks I have a girlfriend. You know, <laughs> she doesn't believe that y'all get in this much trouble. And she's met both of y'all, and both of y'all are so nice. She doesn't believe me. You know, So, so we, we chilled out for Coach Allen. But uh, I think uh, for me, it was a huge education going to Division One basketball and just seeing the type of, athleticism that was there um yeah. i think uh was I, I was a good athlete for my size but the type of athletes we have back then were just and, and the athletes now the game has evolved from dr nason's original idea of basketball yeah you know yeah. so but yeah but, I had what a lot your, of fun what, but what would your mixtape in high school look like because we've seen yeah. zion williams's mixtape dunking on you know five foot eleven white guys and making them look silly what would your mixtape or what would your highlight reel look like? Yeah, were you just dunking uh, on people? Like, No, no. I had a real nice turnaround jump shot right or left, turnaround jump shot left-handed too, uh, jump hook left-handed. I used to do the, the mic finesse. and drill for hours. Yeah. Okay. Explain to Young Zion what the mic and drill is because he has no idea what the hell that is. You know what the mic and drill is. You're too young for that, pal. <laughs> yeah, too young on. for but, that. But uh, they used to say uh, – I forget what it was uh, – Somebody, I think it might have been Dick Vitale. So if I'm quoting him wrong, I'll apologize to Dick because he's a super nice, super nice individual. But uh, um, big enough to block out all the sun in the paint and hands soft enough to rock a baby to sleep. So yep, that's yeah, that was good. my thing. Uh, yeah, I was. I had a real soft touch with the ball, but this the 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 way the game played, I would have turned into a goon if I'd have gone to the NW, NBA. I would have been a pick setting. Hard fouling, Bill Lambier type. Yeah, Bill but in nineteen nineties, yeah. that would have been perfect. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. You, you could have come on the Knicks and been fitting perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. I end up, uh, I end up quitting school. They fired Coach Cohen halfway through the season, who recruited me since high school, and uh, I lost my grandfather and my dad to cancer all in the same year. And I just, oh, yeah, I faded out. I mean, you know, you're twenty years old, and you're, you know, it's, it, it, it was a really hard hit to take. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you, you think, you know, ever since I was a kid, I carried a basket. I used to have a basketball and shorts and shoes in the trunk of my car. And if I saw a good pickup game, if I was out on a date, you know, I was going to go play basketball. I didn't care about the date. Like, I mean, that was 
Because well, there were certain guys that I knew that if they were playing at the park, it was going to be a good pickup game. So I always had my gear with me to play. Um, and then to go through what I went through, it just uh, I lost a little bit of focus and purpose. Like, what am I supposed to do with myself? And then um, if I got really lucky and got a break and found out what I was supposed to do, and that was, you know, professional wrestling. So yeah, it's, a, did, it's an incredible journey. Did I read that you quit football freshman year of high school? Uh, I, I played football. Uh, I didn't play my sophomore year. Um, I didn't really like. Uh, what po- what position did you play in football? I was uh, well. I ran at at, at three hundred pounds. I ran a five flat forty in pads. So that's cool. crazy. What? <laughs> that's actually yeah. nuts. And uh, but I played uh, I played tight end on offense. Did some full back plays on the goal line, just like a refrigerator parry deal, punch it through. Why on not? defense, I was a nose tackle and an end. But mostly I played nose tackle because I clogged up the middle really good. And a lot I would of would imagine. And how my tall big were thing you? was like how tall seven you? foot, seven foot, 300. That's so, crazy. <laughs> Absolutely unstoppable in high school. I didn't like uh, – I got into a, a confrontation with one of the coaches, and I actually was a cheerleader my sophomore year. I read <laughs> so, that. Yeah. <laughs> you need to support the team. All I do, watch this. So <laughs> that was your first character swerve right there. Yeah, yeah, that was your first heel turn. You're- come on, man. Exactly. I've been, I've been turning heels since 1987. So, you know, uh, yeah, it was just, I was a very obstinate, obstinate, stubborn, mule headed, um, young man. It was, uh, uh, like if I ever get the time machine, I'm going to go back in time and show up like the little Martian in Flintstones to yeah. my younger self and go, hello, dum-dum, and I'm going to punch myself right in the face before I do something stupid, then I think I'll figure it out that <laughs> I'm about to do something dumb. But, you know, everything – here's the thing. You can – everything you do in life is an experience. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any one thing that is um, – that's a mistake. It's how you recover and how you react from it. You know, you can learn from every situation, you know. And uh, um, I kind of can honestly say now – uh, after the career I've had, even the 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 hills and bumps and and turns that I took, I I found out where I needed to be. I found the business I was made to be a part of, a business that I love, and uh, and it worked out. Small town kid from South Carolina, and I've been all over the world, so pretty pretty thankful. Has is there someone who sticks out to you as your favorite person to work with throughout the business? Oh, throughout the business, yeah, I've got a couple of favorites. I think my favorite tag team partner, and it's funny, is we're always on all our interviews where we're talking about is uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, yes, Chris okay. Jericho and I had a great tag team, but we used to fight like an old married couple. Um, <laughs> like the guys in the locker room were just amazed at how Chris and I got along to, uh, I was sitting down somewhere and, and on some of the shows in Europe, you had uh, 12, 13, 14 days in a row of shows. Well, the card, sometimes our position would change on the card. Sometimes it'd be the main event. Sometimes it'd be the, the match before intermission. And um, so I'd ask Chris, I'm like, uh, where are we on the card? He goes, it's right there. Read it. I said, I can't read it. He says, well, then put your fucking glasses on. Because <laughs> he knows I need my glasses to read. <laughs> you know, I'd have to get my glasses out and read it. But, you know, he, I had a lot read of fun it for with you. this. I, I learned yeah. a lot from it. It's funny. At that stage of my career, I'd already had some championship runs and are, had already yeah. uh, amassed a pretty good amount of experience. But tagging with Chris um, – his style working as a smaller individual really helped my psychology in understanding a lot of things differently. So I had a good time with him. 
John Cena's probably been one of my favorite opponents. Uh, John was just the absolute easiest guy in the world to work with. Um, you know, you go out, I would, he would, I would go out and he let me be big show and I let him be John Cena. And we did that dance all over the world, China, Europe, us, Canada, Mexico, and never, ever had a single issue working with John. It was just a little, the other, you always say that guy, Oh, it was a night off working this person. It was mm -hmm. definitely a fun night off working John Cena, never angel. And then my favorite road person is Mark Henry. I love that. Okay. I love him. He's my brother from another mother. He's just, uh, we talk about food. We can talk about being country and growing up. It's just, uh, <laughs> what's, what's the have, buffet? I, what's the buffet line like for you when you and Mark Henry get together? That's well, to be quite it used a to meal. Be, it looked like a herd of Buffalo went through there, but now <laughs> both of us are older. Mark's lost a good bit of weight. Now I think Mark's yeah. lost like 70 or 80 pounds. I've lost over a hundred. So we, you know, we're, we don't eat like we used to. What about what about the most underrated guy you work with? Because you named the, you know some guys who you worked really well with. But what about someone over the years that maybe just hasn't gotten their due, doesn't get the amount of, right amount of respect that uh, deserves more shine and hasn't gotten it? Cesaro. Okay. Without a doubt, Cesaro. Without a doubt. Why? Um, I don't know. I, I like if you do the mathematical formula on what uh, WWE want out of a top guy, Cesaro is super intelligent. Uh, speaks several languages, um, um, was former military, um, um, incredibly strong for his size. He's one of the strongest per pound guys in the WWE. Incredible technical skills, showmanship. He's not afraid to go out and have fun. Um, but for whatever reason, it just, it never clicked as well as it should have. Because that's the funny thing about pro wrestling. You can draw out the blueprint. And say, okay, this guy, this is checked all here. All these boxes are checked. Here it is. And for whatever reason, either uh, someone that's that's doing the creative writing doesn't appreciate it, or sometimes the fans don't appreciate it. I think our fans understand what a talent Cesaro is. Um, it's just whether or not he's ever going to get that opportunity to really shine. You know, there's there's a lot of stories like that. Of, and I try to explain that to the younger guys when they get frustrated because they come out of NXT and they've had some success at NXT and um, they feel like they've arrived. And I always try to remind them you're, you're one step closer to getting fired, not one step closer to being John Cena. <laughs> you know, they invested you and saw potential in you in NXT. Now they brought you up to the main roster. Now is when you have to fight harder, be more humble and be more dedicated to carve your path. Because if you pull off the throttle now, no matter how much talent you have, it's not going to work. Because getting to the top isn't hard. It really isn't. You follow you follow the rules, you work hard, you show up on time, you have good matches, you're going to get an opportunity. Staying at the top is hard. You know, yeah. that's, that's when you look at somebody like John Cena who had the career that he had for 10 or 11 years, he was always the top guy. Because everybody John worked with, he made better. Uh, John kept himself better. John kept the fans showing up and buying tickets and buying merchandise. And to keep that kind of run, I don't think people realize that John Cena's run was a longer run than, than Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, and The Rock put together. Yeah. You know, and financially for the company, John did better than all three of those guys put together. You know, I think for like 10 years, 60 or 70% of all merchandise sold in the WWE 
was John Cena merchandise. So you to understand uh, that mental commitment, because it's tough being a top guy, because you're up early doing the interviews. There are no days off. It's, uh, you know, you, you literally sign yourself up, you know, to run yourself into the ground if you're going to be that guy. You know, and very few people can handle that workload, you know. So to see John handle as long as he did, it's really a testament to his mental fortitude and and his uh, his commitment and the vision that he saw in his character and what he wanted to do. Definitely. Uh, big show. We appreciate you, man. This is awesome. Sorry, this is fun. I just feel like I've just been running off at the mouth. Sorry, man. <laughs> hey, no, we, we love we it. Tee you, we tee you up and you yeah, just we you tee you up it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can, wait, can I just get one Captain Insano question in? Like that was the water boy. That's just. I love it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. That was, um, that was one take. Really? Uh, uh, you know, the interview was Chris Farley's brother. If you yep. guys know, see the thought Chris Farley and, uh, yep. Adam, uh, was super nice to me. Uh, I got to go to the premiere. Um, uh, Henry Winkler and I have become good friends since Waterboy. I've done Hollywood squares the, and, the and Henry Winkler is literally one of the nicest human beings you've ever met in your life. He's such a sweetheart of a human being. And Adam's mom for the longest time, like I would run into them at Super Bowls or something like that, you know, and Adam's mm-hmm. mom would always grab me by the hand and run me and introduce me to everyone. This is Adam's large friend, Paul. He's a pro wrestler. <laughs> like she was just the absolute nicest, <laughs> nicest lady ever. So, um, yeah, it, it was uh, a, a cool thing to be part of Waterboy. I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, Adam signed that big deal with Netflix to do all those movies. I hope he Can we get a, you in some of them? A Waterboy, too. I, I, I think so. I think the problem is to work with somebody as talented as Adam Sandler, I think you actually have to have talent. So as soon as I get, <laughs> get some, then maybe that'll happen. Wait, wait. So, did you ever play pickup basketball with him? No, I haven't. I haven't. I, that's, that's, you know, yeah. I've heard like some stories that they're guys. very, very competitive. I know Kurt Angle played pickup basketball with him. I think Kurt Angle uh, almost got in a fight with Ben Stiller. I think Ooh. Ben Stiller got pretty pissed off at Kurt. So you have to ask Kurt. He snapped Ben Stiller in half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's funny that you got a you know an Olympic gold medalist and you got Ben yeah. Stiller wanting to fight an Olympic gold medalist. There. That seems like you a know. bad idea. Are you guys holding up doing all this crazy stuff? You guys all right? Hanging in there. We're, we're trying. Trying New to York, stay inside. You know. Yeah. 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 Y'all up in New York, huh? Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. Yeah. You know. Us down here in Florida, you know, you got that Florida. You know, ingenuity. Everybody's just business as usual. So. <laughs> ingenuity yeah. is what you call it. <laughs> yeah. Stupidity, okay. ingenuity. Yeah. That too. Yeah, works. exactly. Yeah. That too. Yeah. That's more appropriate, probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know. Yeah. At least y'all don't have snow. At least y'all yeah. don't have snow. No, no, no. I can't handle the snow. <laughs> My name is Paul, and that snow's all y'all. <laughs> thank you, guys. Have a groovy day. If you guys need to, let me know. Stay safe, man. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you, man. Told y'all. Told you. My thing is, my thing is, I would love, I would pay, I wish I could pay Big Show to like choke slam Adam. Like, I, oh. I wish like the, that, I wish like I could like have that happen. I'd yes. piss you off that much. Like, I just want to like choke slam you through a table. Wow. Good to know I'm that big of an agitator. That I mean, is, uh, that is aggressive. Wow. It's borderline yeah. assault, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, continue. Wow. What? I'm just saying, like that would be that'd be fun. It's to borderline see. felonious, but keep <laughs> uh, keep talking. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, well, <laughs> that was just out of the blue and just wow, wow. That was a uh, oh man, yeah. Well, Where's your holiday cheer? Canceled. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I may take this to HR. 
Why? Uh, that, I that, mean, you're, that, you're, you're promoting violence against one of your colleagues. Wow. That that, that goes wow. against are, complex. <laughs> that goes against the complex employee handbook, pal. We are getting chops out of here, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just. I just expect I, expect a little uh, Christmas Eve call with the HR department there, pal. I'm just Adam. You don't think you could take a bump in the ring? <laughs> I've been, I've I've done a wrestling thing. I did it with uh, Marty Bennett from uh, with the old uh, 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 mostly football. Why am I blanking on uh, the show I was on? We did we did a we did a. I'm just, you couldn't take a bump. Me. I'm not saying like like violently kill you. I'm just saying like a little bump through maybe a table choke slam. No, I did. So I do not want to do that because when Marty and I did Lucha Libre wrestling with these bunch of professional wrestlers from Mexico, um, we got beat the fuck up. My arm was, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. My arm was partially dislocated and I was sore for about a good five days and I got thrown the fuck around by guys who outweighed me by 50 pounds at least. So do I want to get choke slammed by a guy that probably was like six eleven, four hundred pounds? Uh, hard pass. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. just, yeah. I'll, on my bucket list, I'll maybe see, but okay. Uh, another fun episode in the books, guys. Uh, Thursday episode this week, we're going to have some NBA talk, obviously. Zion, are are you going to, if the, say the Nets drop this game, are you going to be, what, what's your feelings? Is there any panic or are you just kind of like 20, slow playing? It's game one, 72. But if, you, you told the, me the other day they shouldn't lose this the game Nets at all. You, sh- you told me they game, should not. You told me they shouldn't lose. If the Nets it, lose this game, no, you said that we shouldn't lose. If the Nets game uh, lose this game, is because Steph Curry had fifty points, and sometimes you just gotta let's you just gotta you know tip your hat to Steph Curry and call it a night. But you know it's a long season. We are we are dangerous. Just know that the Brooklyn Nets you woke are up dangerous. Did, did did the Nets wake up feeling dangerous? No, get out of here, bro. No, don't don't By the way, the Nets the Nets right now are seven and a half point favorites against the Warriors. No excuse to lose. They shouldn't lose. You gonna lay those points there, Young Zion? Yeah. In fact, oh, you got after this episode, y'all gonna tell me how to bet because I'm making a bet on the Nets first game. Oh, look at that! There we go. We we already it took it took like six months, but we we corrupted Young Zion. We did it. We did it. Uh, Love y'all. Holiday week. Peace and uh, peace and love to everybody, all the listeners. We appreciate you guys so much. And shout out to all, all my black kings and queens who got their superpowers. Use them wisely. Congratulations to everybody who got superpowers. Enjoy them. Uh, if you haven't done so, leave a review on the pod. They re- We really appreciate it. Subscribe to the pod. Follow us on Twitter. Follow the show. Everything. We love y'all. Until next time, we'll see you later. And as always, a special thanks to our producers, Josh Dodd and Jasmine Plata, our audio editor, Misha Jones, our production manager, Sean Sel Correa, our talent booker, Shanice Kelman, our senior director of operations, Jen Stewart, our general manager, Donnie Kwok. This is a production of Complex Networks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.